Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. You're welcome back to the Friday Form I don't know when we started. I mustn't have been here. Um, I, I do apologise to the listeners, but welcome back. Hopefully... My great mate Dan Malecki has held down the fort early now that we're uh, we're coming back for the Friday form panel. I'm sure he has. He's a legend. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you, Jason. And I, I quite enjoy my Friday morning uh, <laughs> chats, and uh, it's become a routine now. And I look, I thoroughly enjoy it, Jace. But I always feel much better when I know you're there. Well, I tell you what, it it, it is. Uh, it's like um, it's religious almost, isn't it? When now, now, now we we sit down, we break bread, and we try to convince each other of uh, of things. I mean. Last week alone, uh, you and I started to talk about our millionaire in the Swan Hill Cup, and we started off having it about a two dollar fifty chance, and had it about a dollar nine by the time we'd finished having a chat for a few minutes, and uh, one like a dollar nine chance. So yeah. it's uh, it can be a, a spiritual experience. Yeah, it can be, and every now and then we end up in the confessional box too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's been a while. Right, um, race. There's eight races at uh, Melton tomorrow night. Dave Court Park, Melton, the home. A Victorian harness racing, and you've been a great advocate of um, of sort of eight or nine races, and we and we cut it off there. I, I think I wrote for race one in the form commentary. It was like uh, getting in the uh, the DeLorean with the flux capacitor, and and uh, Dr. Emmett Brown um, going back to the future with only eight races on. If we were to be really greedy, I think the only other thing we'd ask for is to knock it on the head by 10 p.m. But we can't ask for too much, can we, Dan? No, that's right. And, and the funny thing is, I won't be calling tomorrow night, but you don't know that in advance when you're either taking time off or, or, or looking to have a night off. But um, uh, Luke, uh, Luke Humphreys will call the meeting tomorrow night. So in a way, it's funny. Uh, I sort of think, oh, I wish I was there. But at the same time, I sort of think, you know, I'm happy to have a night off occasionally. But it's refreshing. Um, after some uh, big programs, Era Valley had a dozen the other day, but the racing was terrific. And it's more the times in between. I, I must admit, 12 races doesn't bother me at all, but uh, gaps beyond 30 minutes does. Um, so uh, that's that's the killer. It's not the amount of races. Um, I always say if they're 20 minutes apart, I'll call 20 races. I don't mind. But when they're 40 and beyond 40 apart, it does get you at the end of the day, particularly when it's really hot. If I'm, if I'm being really uh, selfish, because I know we're, we're largely talking about the, the incredibly hard-working participants and, and it's just unfair on them to be uh, held back until the middle of the night and then on the roads at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, hello, Coxie. How are you, mate? Um, uh, but from a form uh, analyst perspective, it's also far more digestible to look at an eight or nine race card and think to yourself, I can really hone in and focus on this. When you look at, when you look at some of those 12 race cards and there's 125 horses going around, and uh, it's it's daunting sometimes, isn't it? Oh, it can be. There's always going to be one or two races that are going to be really yeah. challenging and you go out of order. I'll often go backwards and start from the last race back um, uh, and then freshen it up. But you'll always come across a trip-up race that you think, oh, it's going to be to take a bit of time. I need to be a bit fresh. I'm looking at this. And then you leave it to last. And in the end, it's the two-hard basket. And, and rightly so. I'm sure we're not the only ones. But we'll try and find something. But occasionally occasionally there's um it's it's it ends up being five dollars of the field or maybe you can identify that the two dollar fifty favorite shouldn't be that price 
Um, but, you know, that's that's the good thing. Uh, well, I suppose if there is a 12-race program, gives us the opportunity of, uh, of finding a best bet. Maybe that that opens up that chance of, of finding a best bet. It's uh, easier said than done, though. Well, traditionally, the, uh, the I don't know what uh, vegetables you hate, uh, Dan, but I, well, I hate just about all of them. But I'll say uh, the, the, <laughs> the Brussels sprouts and the, uh, let's say, the zucchini. I'm not a zucchini fan either. Often I rate, love zucchini. Oh, no like, broccoli. Broccoli is probably at the bottom of my list, I reckon. Broccoli, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't touch a stalk it. And any, yeah. Right, but races one and eight are normally the uh, the nasty vegetables quite often, and it's sort <laughs> of the case uh, tomorrow night at Tabcor Park, Melton. Although it is, I, I always find it a little bit bizarre. You know when you find a race incredibly hard, even to price, and then the prices come out and they're extremely similar to the mm. prices you came up with. So there's there's not a lot here for me. I don't think in the first in terms of wanting to have a bet, but I did, I did narrow it down to four key chances, and they're all. Dominating the market. One by Ella Boy, the likely leader. I think eight Rocket Boy will uh, be uh, in the trail. Boy and Boy. And then our Money, money Rocks and uh, Cloud Nine out the back. Is that how you saw it as well? Yeah. They're, look, they're the four. I'm not sure that I've got it in the right order. Um, I just thought uh, Rocket Boy drawn inside the back right. It should be behind the logical leader in by Ella Boy. Get the run of the race and he'll get his opportunity. $3.60 fixed odd at the moment. I'm not sure what price I was thinking that he might be, but I didn't think he'd be tucked into that sort of a price. But I think you'll get the right run. So I've got Rocket Boy on top. I thought Cloud9 was still very good um, at his first run with, with Emma Stewart. And uh, he, he battled away well in a very fast final quarter. So even though it's a far more challenging draw, having had that experience, knowing that he can carve out a very s- slick uh, split, Helps. Our money rocks. Again, uh, drew the front line, uh, was well in the market, got the job done. Uh, tougher here, but I suppose both these horses might be able to follow the other. So if they're going to make mm. moves, even if it's mid-race, one will follow the other to bring them into it. So I think it's possible. It's possible at the bell, Bayella Boy could be in front with Rocket Boy sitting behind it. And either or, our money rocks potentially 1-1 and Cloud9 mm. uh, sitting without cover. So they could occupy the top four spots with a lap to go. And if they do that, there's every chance that they're going to run uh, They're going to run well or at least fill the top three. So I've got 8, 13, 12 and 1. Yeah, I'm going with 12 on top, same top four. But uh, our money rocks, it was one of those situations. Uh, the raconteur is obviously a pretty nice horse. First up on Victorian soil. Went well, um, and then then Frank. That what you want to see when you ha- you see one run from a horse that's emigrated from anywhere is, uh, can you do it again? Can you show me that that wasn't an aberration? And it, and uh, our money rocks uh, did prove that it killed more beating Arnold and Oki to short quote. So I'm with our money rocks, but very little separating the top four. And before we go to our first break, really critical point. I think it's worth raising with a, a horse like Cloud Nine. So emotionally, particularly if you're invested on Cloud9 and $1.20, first up for Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin, it's easy to overlook that it was a good run, isn't it? Because you look at it and you think to yourself, well, that was massively disappointing compared to the the market expectation. But you need to sort of, when you're doing the form, remove yourself from that slightly and say, well, let's forget what price it was. Was it a good performance or a bad performance? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And that was over the short trip as well. And I get the feeling this this middle distance trip might be more up its alley. It's going to need to be. I mean, it's uh, statistics say that might necessarily be the case. Uh, but I just like the way he, he, he was able to still finish at that race off at a certain speed, which to my eye looked like that getting that opportunity to balance up, make a run and making a very strong last 1,200 of, say, the race tomorrow night would suit Cloud9. So, And he's better odds. I mean, it's challenging when there's that many horses in the race because you have to go at some stage. But it didn't put me off his last performance. Not not for a race of this type, anyway. Well, I can guarantee you, LB Ashwood and team knew uh, that they were in with a chance with Laura Major. Uh, the Harness Charity Challenge has been completed. Jaden Bruin, I believe, was the winner. But um, LB actually tipped... Lorimer Major, he was able to park Cloud9 and win on that occasion. We'll take a break. When we come back, I think in the recesses of my memory, I can remember Dan saying some very kind words recently about a trotter named Elder Baron Dino. We'll find out what he's thinking about its chances of winning race two at Melton tomorrow night when we return. Welcome back 
to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 Welcome back to the Friday Form This is probably now welcome back to the uh, Friday Form Panel because we have, we've actually started the Friday Form Panel. Uh, we're through one race. Dan Malecki and Jay Bond with you. And we're going to look at race two at Tabcorp Park Mountain tomorrow night. Only the eight races on the card, which we don't hate. Um, Elder Berendino. I, I, am I right? I think we were discussing Elder Berendino. You know what it was in relation to? It was the interview... Uh, race at Kilmore a few starts back. Now, Oda Berendino, if he didn't go uh, bigger than interview on that occasion, he went as big and yeah. interviews a horse I've got a huge amount of time for and he franked that expectation with a massive last start victory. This Look, he, he's clearly not the finished product, but, gee, he's, he's a lovely cut of a trotter, isn't he? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Um, and he, he he covers a bit of ground to his big horse, and I think I referred to him as Dino, as in the, the, the dinosaur, <laughs> right. dinosaur. Um, he he's a big boy, but yeah, I really like him, and I think he 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 got the job done last start. Central Otago came through to beat him, uh, and then he lifted. So I got the feeling that experience by being in front is going to help him, and he's he's a much better chaser. He's tough horse too, so he can get exposed. This is a bit of an up in class, although he's beaten a few of um, uh, his uh, rivals here and from outside the back line and work in progress. And um, oh, I think he's a very progressive horse, Elder Berendino. I've been most impressed by his performances. And as you said, the interview uh, run, he ran second to interview, same race down under Barker's third. He did things wrong. He's out of the draw. Um, so... Uh, it shows you that he's still not the finished product, but he's got more upside than I think anything else in this race. So, um, in a way, he picks himself, but sometimes they that doesn't necessarily mean that you know it's chips in to back him. Even though I think he's the best horse, and I think he will be the best horse, um, is he that sort of horse that you can trust uh, at that price? Um, not sure, uh, but he's got a lot of mates. There's quite a few others that you know down under Barkers. I'm pleased to see going well. Um, he's been a frustrating horse, Bradley Cross as the horse, and he got a last start win out of him and a comprehensive win at that. So I'm pleased for the connections because he would have been a very frustrating horse, yet has given them so many good moments. He has won 15 races. Hammers Law's going well. Uh, he ran third uh, with a cheaper run behind Elder Berendino without ever threatening, but um, he's in the mix. Uh, my used to be, you know, Ugh. I just... You can't trust him, can you? It's unfortunate but because he's got so much ability, Jason, but I just can't put him in uh, now. The one I probably can, or the one I will, one I have put in, um, <laughs> is Bromwich. But he also comes off the back of a what could be considered a poor run, but it was a stand start. The key to him is uh, is back to the mobile. So 12, uh, 11 on top, Elder Barandino, Bromwich number six for second. Uh, then uh, three and four, Robin, me mates, and uh, down under Barker's 11, six, three, and four. Yeah, very, very, very similar for me. The only, one thing I will say, I did tip um, Valachi during the week, so Lisa Miles might get some of these uh, horses that don't win all that often to uh, to break through if Valachi got the job done. But that did look his race. My used to be, um, yeah, we've 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 hung out. Uh, the three of us for a while back in the day, didn't we? Or in the schoolyard and uh, behind the sheds and all the rest of it. But then uh, we grew up and got jobs and my used to be is uh, still behind the sheds, I reckon. Um, kiss, that's right. Um, you know what? It's interesting you talk about the price because I feel like uh, even though there's no way you could be declaring Elder Barandino, they've almost lured me in at 2.30. I marked right. him 2.20 and thought, you know, sometimes you... you well, you put a price out publicly and then you think to yourself, I reckon I was pretty generous there. Yeah. I, I, you know, that I pro- probably think I wouldn't have been shocked if he'd come up $1.92, if you know what I mean. So I think two thirties is it, is it enough to really lure me into the cage? I, I, I don't know, but it's close. Um, Bromwich, I'm with you. Bromwich is a really, really nice horse. He must be another incredibly frustrating horse for Jeff Webster. Who knows that this trotter's got... Um, the world of ability, and he sort of—he's in that four-year-old brigade, and so many of these others have sort of—they've gone on without him, haven't they? A little, little, little bit like you and I and my used to be. A few of the four-year-olds have sort of just gone on without Bromwich at the moment, which is 
a bit unfortunate because I don't know that he's that far behind a few of them on ability. Oh, no doubt. You only have to look at his best recent runs. He's run second to Maydan, second to Courage Stride, second to one overall. Now, that looks pretty good. I'll tell you there's one horse. To, uh, he's also been a bit frustrating, but Blue Combe has a fair bit of ability for a horse at uh, 34 and 7. But it is, it's one of those races, isn't it, where you can look look through down the odds and Andover Sun. We know what a good young horse he was. Electro Jet's got ability drawn wide. Hammers Laurie is, is, is uh, I agree with you, Dan, good odds at $12 and three ten, I reckon. But we're both with Elder Baron Dino on top and Bromwich second pick in the second race in the card. Uh, we'll start the case for race three and maybe take a break after that. But uh, Ultimate Stride uh, is... He's edging back to something like his best. He's not there, is he, Dan? But it might he might not quite need to be tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah, look, it was a much better run. That was a that was a good field at at Maryborough. Uh and this is the sort of race where he can he can win. He, he look, he's ready to win and I think he's found the right race to be able to win. I think I've got confidence that he's 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 somewhere near that mark now. Uh, interestingly, it's uh, his stablemate, Queen Invasion, uh, who's well in the market. It was a good run uh, behind a good horse, Visionary. Hasn't she risen in certainly oh, my yeah. estimations? Yeah. I'm sure yours as well. I'm, I'm thinking of her, Visionary, as being, um, you know, not far off a of Queen Alita, which is, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying that, <laughs> but uh, she has improved no end. So I think Queen Invasion's got the draw. If she gets to the peg, she's going to be the obvious threat. So a good chance for a Chris Lang Quinella. Chinese Whisper, again, can you trust him? Capable, no doubt about that. Chizzy probably needs the run better first uh, on the front line. I am Pegasus is the interesting one because it's got the gate speed and might be able to cross Queen Invasion just to change it up a bit. But I'm, a, I'm a ultimate stride here. I, in a way, he sort of picks himself because I can't find anything with a confidence that could beat um, him. So seven on top, the stable mate, two queen invasion. Chinese whisper, got to go in there because I think he's got the ability. Uh, it's just a matter of whether you can trust him. Uh, seven to nine. And I put in, uh, I thought hatchback's been going well, number five. So it's the, to round out the top four, seven, two, nine, and five. I'll be, uh, I'll be staggering two different early quarters here. So I reckon ultimate stride should be able to roll forward park and, and, and beat these. So the last two runs have been an improvement. We know that he's an even better horse than that ultimate stride, but he's definitely, he's edging back into the, uh, or he's trending in the right direction. Chinese Whisper's the one. If Ultimate Stride had to work in the breeze and was only, you know, still around that 90% mark, Chinese Whisper has the ability to just sweep on by. He's got devastating point-to-point speed, but he's, well, he's a bit of a Chinese Whisper. You don't, you don't know, at the end of the line, you don't know what you're going to get with him uh, almost, almost exclusively, particularly since he's come to uh, Australia. Queen Invasion... Really interesting. You know what I couldn't believe, Dan? We'll go for a break in a moment, but I couldn't believe $41 first up from a break. I was thinking to myself, has this thing lost a leg? And then it's it's come out and performed up to its ability. So it's, it's gone from $41 in that race to $480 in, in this race. Um, quite unusual. Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? But uh, the barrier draw um, is, is the major reason because it was outside the back yeah. line from memory last time. So... Doesn't win out of turn Queen Invasion, but the good gate uh, is important. And really, when you look at the horses that she's been running against, part of it was last prep, but she's a pleasure. I'm a Mary Jet, O Fortuna, and then Visionary. That, that's a good form line. And, and on three of those occasions, she was runner-up. Yep, no doubt about it. And has been a big improver as well. I am Pegasus. Yes, might, might be the value he gets across at the start. Does it hold the lead or hand up to hatchback or ultimate stride? Not sure, but um, that, that really elite early speed is going to help. Let's go for a break on the Friday form panel. Back in a moment. You're listening to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. Willem promised me the weekend there. He's let me down pretty badly because I was about to tell you what, what a what a low animal the weekend. Well, anyway, that's okay. Uh, we'll get to that later down the track. Race four on the card. Friday form panel. Dan Maliki, J-Bon with you. Uh, this is the DH deal battle of the claimers final. Um, I thought it was hero, but there you go. DH deal battle of the claimers final. And uh, this is a really, like, trying to... <laughs> 
trying to come up with something um, exciting from a form perspective is pretty hard when there was only one qualifier and it looks like it's going to be a, a carbon copy replica. I don't, can, can you do something artistic and creative? I know you, you, you like the great um, artists and uh, authors and literature and, and poetry and all of this, Dan. So can you do something poetic with this race or not? Oh, the thing I can relate it to is probably that uh, fine and funny movie with uh, with Andy McDowell and Bill Murray, Groundhog, Groundhog Day, Day, because it's cut and paste. It's the same uh-huh. field with the same drivers and exactly the same barrier draw as the heat. When has that ever happened before? So um, uh, because of the prices, obviously, and the claiming prices, uh, and there was only the one heat, they have exactly the same barrier draws. Um, they couldn't claim them last week, but I tend to think there'll be a lot of claims put in. I... I'm just, we, we got the, the preview last week. Um, I'm going in the same order, three, one, seven, and eight, trying to make it simple. Um, how do you not? How, no, no. Well, what's going to change? Tell me where something is going to change here. Um, I don't know. Is there another horse that is fitter now that could put pressure on? Does um, Franco Hampton uh, serve it up more to Mighty Flying mm. Art? Uh, is he capable of doing that? I, I'm not sure. A million promises. I still couldn't see him out spreading mighty flying art. I think the three wins, he has to win, doesn't he? He, he does have to win. I'll tell you what, I um, I was able to get a little kill out of this um, this race, well, same race, whatever, yeah, the first one, uh, last week, because a million promises, right up to the knock, was around $2.40 or $2.60 a, a place, and... Uh, he was right behind the leader as he's going to be here. You are right. I mean, if, if we were trying to uh, manufacture something that isn't there, the only possible change here is that they just launch Franco Hampton. But what, you, what, would, be the, what would be the point? Because uh, Mighty Flying Art's going to beat it regardless and you're better off just uh, trying to pit a million promises for second, aren't you? I mean, there's, there's just no 1,720 metres I, I, I just can't see it happening. Yeah, I'm with you. I can't see it happening either. Mighty Flying Art is a, a pretty keen-going horse anyway that's got gate speed, and even if something got half a length in front of him, um, th- he's he's just got to automatically go through, even if he was being restrained. I, I think he's impossible to, to take um, a cover with. You wouldn't even try to do that. He'll lead. He'll lead. The one sits behind... They've got to settle down in the same positions of last week unless David Moran didn't want to end up without cover with Franco Hampton. And the truth is, if, if they went back on him, um, not that they would walk. I think Mighty Flying Art, even on a slow day, still gets through with you know reasonable splits, but they're going to have to come home in sub-55 seconds. And if Franco Hampton's coming from near last three and four deep around the final turn, he's not going to be able to win anyway. So... I see them occupying the exact same positions they had in the run last week and um, maybe use it as a guide. Take that first four again, three, one, seven, and eight. Yeah, I, I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. And mighty flying art, to be honest, if you're going to run some multis through uh, sport or whatever you might do throughout the weekend, a dollar twenty-two is not terrible. Like, really, really on paper. He's a dollar four chance. Steve Cleave, we, we, we discussed this last week, obviously, Dan, about um, the claiming price of Mighty Flying Yard at a, uh, a seemingly paltry $10,000. But uh, Steve made the, the, the point, no, it, it was pretty cogent and persuasive, and that you throw him in this series, he wins the heat, he wins the final, it's worth $24,000, you get the ten k. and it starts to make a little bit more sense why you might go down this path. That... You sort of, uh, if you're really, really, really confident that it's a cheap kill sweep of the series, and you get, and you get the coin, it's, it makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's about twenty-eight grand all up, isn't it? Yeah. That he, uh, that if, if he does get claimed, uh, presuming he wins tomorrow night, um, he, he virtually gets claimed for twenty-eight thousand because he's won the fifty-seven hundred odd from last week, and I think it's thirteen thousand six hundred this week plus the ten thousand on a claiming price, so. Um, that way, the owners get something pretty good out of it. I'm not even sure that, to be truthful, I, I still would rate him above that. When you look yeah. at, as a six-year-old, the horses that he's been running up against, he's got to that level and maybe he, he can't beat the A-graders or the A-minus horses. Um, tell you what, it, wouldn't he be suited in WA? Oh, 
He'd absolutely love when he's got he's got that he's got enough gate speed. He's uh, he's strong. He can roll along. He loves a hot tempo. The, the, the night I was able to get him, uh, my love affair started when he won at around thirty four dollars, and uh, I think beat Yam Buckian and Co. Because he, he he won't stop either, will he? I mean, he's yeah. got he's got gate speed, but he can take a trail, and he he loves following a, a very hot tempo. Yeah, my word. Um, he mixes in well against the top grade of horses. And look, he may well stay here. Maybe it's the same stable. They might put multiple um, claims in there in the hope that they can get him in the raffle. I'm presuming there'll be a lot of people that would be interested in getting this horse. And the truth is he'd be suited in whatever state that he went to or if he stayed in Victoria. And he's only a six-year-old. If he was a 10-year-old, he'd still be attractive. But at six, he's very much so. Yep, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we might take another break now, come back and talk about the first leg of the quaddie. Is this the best bet for Dan Bell? He'll, he'll, be, he'll be wanting to talk about uh, Better Be The Bomb from last week. What a drive by Anthony Butt that was. Uh, Bulletproof Boy and Hulunian will head that market. It's back in the day. We might discuss that with Dan as well. I remember when it's back in the day. It was back in the day where it uh, where it broke through in one of the early races at Melted and looked like it could have been anything. Rick Rowley's been back. We'll talk about the first leg of the quaddie when we come back on FFP, the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Little known fact, The weekend is a jerk. Massive jerk. Not a good person. Not, not, good of, not good of heart and spirit. Right, let's move forward. Race five, first leg of the quaddy uh, at Melton tomorrow night. This is, I, I love these races, uh, Dan, where you've got sort of the, um, uh, the A graders or the A minus graders, maybe you would call them. And then you've got the ones that have been plying their trade at a slightly lower level and they get to sort of, meet and we, and we get to find out, okay, are those rating 80, 90 horses good enough to beat a Bulletproof Boy or a Hooli Nien or are they not? And then you've got it's back in the day. Um, it's it's not an easy race to work out, but they're very enjoyable races, I reckon. Oh, no doubt they are. Um, you're right. And, and at least we've, we can rate them against each other. They've often competed against each other. So it's an attractive enough race. Better be the bomb. You're right. Last week he was fantastic. He was ready to win, wasn't he? And that yeah. was a fantastic drive from Anthony. But um, oh, look, just in reference to the previous race, too, I got a message from Andy Gath that sort of cracked me up. Actually, I referred to the Battle of the Claimers final as, as a bit like Groundhog Day, you know, the movie, because yes. it's it's the same field, uh, it's the same uh, barrier draw, it's the same drivers, and um, he tended to think with all the claims that probably go in for Mighty Flying Art. Uh, the appropriate song would be I Got You Babe for the uh, person that gets the uh, uh, wins that ballot there because that was the, the song in Groundhog Day. So it would make sense, wouldn't it? You don't have to pay the rent. Yes, yeah, a little bit of sunny and shit. I, I, trust Andy. Trust yep. Andy, yeah, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, I like that anyway. I thought yes, it was very, very, very good. Um, um, but look, but one, of the, one of the great films of all time as well. So if, if, anybody, if any of our listeners, for whatever reason, in the world hasn't watched Groundhog Day, then uh, after you've punted on the races of Melton tomorrow night, uh, make sure you do it. Yes, uh, we move forward to race five. What are your thoughts, Dan? <laughs> I'm stealing a bit of your thunder here, um, which that tends to happen a little bit between you and I. Uh, we can very quickly back one another up and end up in each or the other's corner. And, and I think it's the race that's going to suit Hooli Nien, number nine. Um, he's going really well. He, he From a bad gate, I thought he was terrific uh, behind Better, the, Better Be The Bomb. Um, I think John Justice really can rate this horse better at the 2200 metre races. Now, I was always suspect that he needed the right runs to get the 2200. He's probably a bit stronger. He's six-year-old now and he's had 92 starts, but he can drive him the right way to get that 2200. And he, he was terrific last week, just coming with the one run. He won up the trip a few starts ago, but he had a soft run. And I think that's the key because he's got brilliant speed. Uh, he can track through without being pushed hard from barrier two uh, behind Rick Riley, who I think is a good chance of, of, of trying to find the top or ended up ending up in a forward position anyway. So I think Hurley in the end can benefit from that. Uh, it was a really good run last week. In fact, he's been going really well. Nine on top, 
Um, bulletproof Broy, likewise. Uh, he was still good last week. Uh, his figure form mightn't look that great, but he's not dissimilar to a better be the bomb. He's ready to win. Mm. They were the main two, I thought, and then it was a bit of a, uh, a, a raffle as to who I was going to put in for the minor placings. But I think Rick Riley and, uh, and also um, Stablemate Duke of Dundee, from their peg line draws, have got chances to run top four. It's good to see it's back on the day, uh, back. Uh, he is first up. He's a lovely horse. I can't help but think that he might need uh, this run. Uh, he could surprise and go a lot better, but he's got to be better for the run. And also great to see Rishi uh, back as well. And his form usually tells you he takes a bit of racing. Well, uh, and, and everyone will remember, well, many will, smoking up sprint, uh, ride high. We'll never forget, will we? Um, mm. Rishi at, uh, at 243 million to one uh, was able to get the job done, and uh, no doubt, Hawkey, uh, John Hawk, the uh, the great man who uh, who owns Rishi, would have had it in one of his. I think he calls them uh, pick fours. Uh, yeah. One of his one of his, uh, one of his pick fours or first fours uh, might have backed it straight out as well. Yeah, I'm with Huluni. And so this is a this is a, an interesting little segue. Huluni in this preparation, the reason I was getting so excited about him coming into this campaign were his trials against Bulletproof Boy. So uh, that, that, that was, uh, I was watching him firing home. I, I, I'd really enjoyed some of his work the previous preparation, but I, I agree with you to a fair extent, Dan, that he was a better short trip horse. I'll tell you what the key to that win four starts back, even though he got a soft trip, it showed that he could follow a reasonable I mean, they went 154-2 there. So he's, he, he, we know so many sit sprinters that if they're forced to run and chase all the way, even if they're getting soft trips, they can't produce that burst of acceleration at the finish. It was great to see him be able to do that. And the last couple, I mean, he's run two starts back. He just, I, 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 he's not clear now. He still isn't clear from two runs ago. And last start, he, he looks luckless. The only thing that I will concede is that we know over a middle trip, he is the kind of horse who's going to be unlucky more often than not because you do have to cuddle and expose him. But it's that draw that you've spoken about, following out Rick Riley, gate nine. Gate nine's a beautiful... For a sit sprinter, theoretically, gate nine is nearly perfect, isn't it? I think so. In this scenario, I think it is. Uh, providing Rick Riley can... Uh, push push forward. I think he, you know, for barrier number two, if you were driving Rick Riley, I think um, you would be thinking you're a good chance of either getting to the front or at least holding a forward position. So if that's the case, uh, Hurley in the end, if he's in, say, midfield, even if he's three back to the outside, um, it might well be the right position to be in. Uh, the problem sometimes getting into a good spot early is you can get shuffled back. As yeah. long as you don't have to work too hard to get there. But one thing you don't want to be is four, five and six wide on the final term when they're coming home in 27 seconds. It's, it makes it impossible. But I, I think from that draw, John Justice will have an option or two. Uh, whereas on a lot of other occasions, there's probably no other options for Hooley in the end other than to, to drive for luck. Uh, it, once again, I'll be uh, I'll be starting the quarter here with Staggers. I'm very much in uh, in your camp. We're um, we're, we're camping together. We're in the same tent at the moment here, Dan. But I'm, back down, I'm <laughs> I can't quit you, Dan. Um, nine <laughs> nine twelve, uh, and I think one of the two should win. They should win. So I spoke about you know the snakes and ladders, but really they are to my mind the class runners, which sounds funny because. The running into Dominion champions there, Bontel Benjamin, and we know how good it's back in the day is, but surely, I'm with you, he's going to need the run. The two that are rising in grade that I'll have in the staggered quality, the second tier, Rick Riley, who's been in form since the mid-80s. He's just he's always in form, Rick Riley. He just needs the right runs, and he's got the right draw here, but is he up too far in class? That's the question mark. And Major Meister... Um, Greg Sugar's aboard, not a fast front line. Press the button. Possibly. Can, can I convince you of something there, Dan? Yeah. Oh, look, I, before you brought it up, I was about to say we have to mention Major Meister because there is a chance he could fly off the arm and he could give a really good side in, in front. There's been a bit of a nibble for him and a bit of odds, and, and rightly so. He's going well. And he is. I'd, I'd say he's a, a decent chance of being able to uh, 
chance their arm at least at the start. Have a good look. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a must to go into the quaddy. I think yeah, I, I think he is, and he's. He sort of he, he came back from uh, that that injury with a couple of excellent runs, plateaued badly for whatever reason, but his last couple have been uh, been excellent. So he's back on deck. Race six is the VHRMA Graham Goffin Memorial, and I couldn't help but just be drawn. I'll be interested. Um, I can't hear any whistling in the background, but I know you've got. A, <laughs> I, I feel like you've got a bit of an opinion of Polly put kettle on. Um, but I am drawn to the. To the top form here. I mean, you go through the second and third legs of the Elizabeth Clark Mayor's Triple Crown, Common Courtesy, Sarah Ann, and I know you were pretty keen on Monomy, and her run was excellent. She was exposed yeah. through wide and just hit the wall a little bit late against absolute megastars like Ladies in Red. But I just got that sense a couple of times that um, there might be a whistle in the background. Are, are you with the six, Polly, put kettle on or not? Oh, you're perceptive, aren't you? Yes. How does it go? Polly put the kettle on. Polly put the kettle on. We all have tea. Uh, might put a dash of um, scotch in mine and have an Irish tea. But um, <laughs> look, she was impressive. And I, I can see her getting to the front. And that's the key to this race. Then she can dominate uh, from the top. If she can r- rattle off a 26-second final quarter. Now, I suspect there might be a bit more pressure and there's a bit more depth in this race to put the pressure on her. But Common courtesy, um, I think, would try to get to the pegs first, get the box seat run, and I think might be uh, able to take a trail. I think she's better trailing common courtesy rather than trying to sustain all the pressure. Sarah Ann's going terrific. Um, Look, I'm sure Greg Sugars will probably be able to weave his way off the pegs sooner rather than later, Uh, but I would have thought the Barry draw would advantage Polly put kettle on. I was impressed enough. I thought she beat some pretty handy horses last start. I also think she can go on with it. Uh, as you said, Monami is the other one. And even so, what's got a, a top four chance. But my best for the night was Polly put Kettle on. Uh, from common courtesy, that form, when you look at that form behind um, Ladies and Red at the last two, it, it stands out. It, it just stands out from a good gate. But as I said, I, I think she's better trailing um, than, than leading. She's got gate speed. And it, a lot of it would depend on how Polly put Kettle on gets out. She's a decent beginner without blowing me away for being a brilliant beginner. So the first couple of hundred metres is critical as it is in every race. Sarah Ann's a pretty good horse. I've liked the way that she's performed against the A-grade mares and, and it's a really winnable race, I think, for Monomia. Obviously, she gets back, but she's very powerful, very strong in her last 600 metres of her races. So six from three, eight and ten. Nims is having a tea out there as well. He's put the kettle on as well. Good on you, uh, Nims, here at, uh, at SEN. A cup of soup, is it? A cup of soup chicken? Uh, lovely. Uh, that's No, that's not for me. I'm, I, I, no, I don't do it. No, no cups of soup for me. So I, uh, I'm, with, I'm with common courtesy. I, I really couldn't separate the top, top three. I don't even remember where I picked up that you were uh, you were attracted to Polly Put Kettle on, but I, I just, somewhere I got the vibe, and I thought you might be going with it. I'm, I'll, be in, I'll be impressed. It'll go up in my estimation. Look, it was a really good win at Geelong. But he, she just got things her own way, and she's obviously very quick. So if she was able to get in that spot, I, do, I still haven't got a good read on her on, on her depth uh, mm. and strength and stamina, and she might need it here because these horses, a few of these mares that have been going around in those big races, they've, like, it generally benefits you, doesn't it? I mean, common courtesy, Sarah Ann and Monomia, when they take off here at some point, they're going to think to themselves, this is a hell of a lot easier than what I was in. Yeah. Last week or the week before, um, common courtesy. It's very interesting, I reckon, Dan, when horses... So she has got gate speed, but when you've got... There's very limited uh, exposure to what she's like as a leader. So it becomes a bit intuitive at, at some point, doesn't it? Because she just doesn't lead very often. No, that's right. And I'm sure they'll want to make use of the barrier draw. And it's not a matter of just going there with intent to... Uh, take a trail behind what is the favourite Polly put kettle on. You're not going to just hand over. Um, you want to get into a good rhythm, into the first turn. I, I never like it when I see a, a driver grab hold of the reins and snag back on the yeah. horse's head to take cover. I much prefer them to to hold their spot, get into a rhythm, and if the horse that wants to lead uh, has to earn it. You don't kick up and fight it, but you just get your horse into a good rhythm. So if they're prepared to do that, um, Polly put kettle on then has to work that a little bit harder to get around. And I think common courtesy... 
um, gets that cheap run and will get her chance. Um, naturally, if she led and got a comfortable run, that's that's a bit different too. But I suspect that Polly, Polly put Kettle on might end up without cover then. Put the pressure on early. Leader becomes vulnerable, opens up the race a little bit for the horses on the second line. I'll, t- I'll tell you one mad rough here. It, it also went around uh, behind ladies in red in the Queen of the Pacific is Ruby Wingate. Now, Ruby Wingate is probably has plateaued a little bit but one one funny thing she she's not she doesn't appeal as a a, a speed horse but her record over the miles very good and i reckon that's largely come about if there's a maniacal tempo and i don't know the, the composition of this front line with a bunch of horses who don't normally lead uh and polly put kettle on drawn wide do you get are you vibing a little bit here down that they might they might run this along very genuinely because no one's the, the roles aren't assigned. Yeah. Oh, they're hard fit horses too, so they should run along. What's the point of yeah. trying to sit up jockey for position and then just sprint home a twenty second twenty six five final quarter? It it doesn't suit anyone bar the horse in front. But also you wanna get you know, the optimum performance out of your horse or optimum uh, finishing position. Uh, so there could well be that jockeying to be potentially lead us back if indeed Polly put kettle on finds the top. Ruby Wingate's got gate speed. Call on me gets out okay. Common courtesy, I, I think, gets out pretty well. I've seen her leave the gate well. So those three could jockey for a position um, to, to settle behind Polly put kettle on, but depends how long Polly put kettle on would take to get there as well. If she just doesn't ping off the arm, you're not going to hand up at the 900, eh? Or take a trail at the 900, I wouldn't think. Unless you gassed. I do. I remember what we'll go to the news in a moment. I remember uh, with a uh, a certain uh, now uh, gone executive at Harness Racing Victoria who was watching a race with us and didn't know much about racing. And there was about 400 metres to go. And uh, he leaned over and said, Do you reckon they'll hand up? No, nah, they weren't going to hand up. Let's go for a uh, break, find out what's happening in the news, come back and talk about the Ben Studd Rising Stars Pace Final. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 There's a few that, uh, pray to God they never met me, but uh, we all move on. I'll tell you what, I am uh, horrified. I, I didn't hear it in the news the first time, Dan, but the bounty bar is being removed from celebration boxes. This this, this can't be right. Are you a bounty fan? Do you, do you like a little bit of coconut in your chocolate bar? Man, I don't eat chocolate. I don't like the texture of it. So if, for me, it, it doesn't faze me at all, but I'm sure it would a lot of other people. Well, I'm not really a chocolate fan either. In fact, I only have a chocolate if there's coconut in there somewhere. I'll, oh, have, I'll, right? I'll have a cherry ripe. I'll have a, uh, I'll have a bounty every now and then. Actually, I'll have a flake as well. But, um, yeah, that's a stunning decision. Uh, I've lost so many of my favourite foods over the re- over years. I must have a very uh, unique... Um, palate because my favourite dry biscuits of all time are called... Do you ever remember a, a biscuit called the Thin Captain? The Thin... Oh, yeah, yeah. They've been gone for a long... Yeah, it was... The Thin Captain. They were sort of like a... An over a water cracker yeah, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were yeah. magnificent and uh, about 10 years ago they said uh, no more of that for anybody, including including Bond. So, anyway, uh, we try and find some glory out of the races. Ben Stud Rising Stars Pace Final. This isn't quite a replica of the uh, the Claimers final because we've got different draws. But I tell you what, there was one performance out of those two qualifiers that uh, stood head and shoulders above all others. And it's it's uh, hardly surprising that Hector is at $1.35. And I think you'd, you'd agree, Dan, that that first preliminary seemed to be significantly, significantly stronger than the second. I think so. And with a barrier draw, um, seemingly more advantageous. Um, I think Hector is the one to beat. Uh, look, there's some progressive horses in here, but he's the most progressive, I think. Um, I, I think he just has to win, doesn't he? What, what's going to upset uh, his chances here? I'm, I'm, I'm searching, can't see it. No, I, I don't. I don't think we can take him. I mean, I, 
I didn't analyse where the uh, the draws would land after the qualifiers, but I was already yeah, committed to the idea that Hector couldn't get beaten regardless. I'm thinking here now, how do we make money out of the race? And it does seem to me of the remaining, well, the big guns outside of the biggest gun, that the wolf simply has to hold up early hand up to Hector. And it feels, well, I tell you what, she couldn't run any worse than third, I don't think. And I, I feel like she's n- near guilt edge to run second because I, the, the really uh, other good chances, apart from Rosarito Miss, they're all drawn out the back. Captain Pins, uh, Ultimate Vinny. I think the other major chances are all so poorly drawn that it feels like the wolf should be running second. And so maybe we can play some exotics here. Yeah, look, the one I found at a bit of odds, I think we'll get the right run, is it's Ebony and Ivory. Um, yep. I, I think just tracking through on the pegs, if, if Hector's in front and is going to run last two quarters of, you know, even take last week into account, remember doing this from the back row last week in 27.8 and 27.4, there's yeah. every chance he's going to go just even a little bit faster when he's drawn the front line. If that's the case... Pegs is not going to be a bad place to be. So I think it's Ebony and Ivory is a good place, Hope, here. Uh, I'll put her in for a second. Uh, for all the things he said about the wolf, it looks pretty obvious. She's a horse with ability, but I'm still trying to work her out how much ability she's got. And uh, and then Rosarito Miss. I, I'd love to put Captain Pins in. and I'm, He could run a super race, break the clock and run seventh uh, because of the way I see the race being run and the speed they'll probably finish with. So five, eight, one, and two for me. But um, I, look, I, th- I I just can't see how Hector gets beaten. He's at a he's at the pr- right price though. What's he a dollar thirty five? And yeah. look, if anything, um, he'll probably get shorter than that. I'm just going to do some uh, quick bucket maths here. So you, if you uh, it's only about a dollar sixty five, but if you have uh, mighty flying art into into uh, Hector, you'll get a dollar sixty-five, which is not terrible if you want to throw. I'd be throwing both of them into all of those miracle multis that I spoke about earlier. Uh, it just has to be winning, I think. Isn't it? It's a little bit funny how trainers um, somehow either the horses reflect them or they end up getting similar horses. I'm not the Wolf and High Flying Harry. There's differences, but there's both of them beautiful. Uh, Beautiful-looking horses, high head carriage. They've got all the ability in the world. They're fast. Lisa Bartley's got both of them, but um, they're sort of both similar in a way that they're a little bit finicky, aren't they? I find that I think the Wolf is just one of those finicky type horses who uh, needs to be in the perfect rhythm and in the perfect spot and under the perfect conditions to probably win. Which is why I don't think she's any chance of turning the tables on Hector. But I think under these conditions, I think she'll run well. Well, he, I think he's got to underperform Hector and and then the wolf is going to be, I was going to say Johnny on the spot, but um, the horse that's right there uh, with the right run. So uh, I think that's what you're betting on, aren't you? Even if you like the wolf at $8, and it makes sense. Often the odds on favour will get beaten and the second favourite beats it. It's going to get the right run, but uh, one-on-one, I'm just, I really like the progression that Hector is making and... Um, as, as I said, I think $1.35, he, he could start $1.12. Well, I haven't heard the whispers, but I, I it would not surprise me if he's uh, they've got a proper opinion of Hector based on what I saw last weekend. He was really, really good. Now, they've got another runner, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin, in the final race in the car. We'll have a look at this one, get best bets, and then we'll have a little squeeze at the Breeders' Crown Qualifiers um, kicking off tonight. Idyllic is most most interesting. I don't know what to make of it. The support has been there. Three forty into three ten into two dollars ninety. I found the first up run entirely and totally inconclusive, and I'm 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 really probably wanted to take him on. But what are you thinking, Dan? Yeah, look, if, if where does daylight at dawn hold up? Uh, look, I'm not saying Idyllic would track through on the pegs, but if you if you're confident daylight at dawn could lead, Idyllic gets a much better run. He's got to have improvement in him. I, I I want to try to find something else in the race, and I'm struggling to because it's so even. And I think you've probably been similar. Arden Roanoke can cost a lot of them. Um, I I look. I, I don't know. I want to find something to beat Idyllic. I couldn't back him at that sort of price, but I also expect that he could improve and improve significantly. 
Maybe I'm shadow boxer. If there's enough pressure up forward, uh, he could be able to out-sprint them. Um, when I saw the price, I was a little surprised. I thought he might have been longer odds. But I put down nine from eight, six, and one in the last. And um, I wouldn't rule out any horse from being a winning chance here. No, nor would I. I, uh, I thought that this could be an opportunity for, for Daylight at Dawn. Um, whether it gets crossed, it probably will. Uh, Captain Wilson's the interesting runner first up from a break because he's got really good gate speed as well. Um, but Arden Roanoke flies out. The only problem here is, so Arden Roanoke, I reckon, is has been going better and is a better horse when he's coming with one run or he leads and takes a trail. I think if he flies the gate here and there's nobody to hand up to, that's sometimes where he just falls into a, um, a deep, deep gaping chasm, Arden Roanoke. So that's the problem for him. I'm Shadow Box is interesting because he's always been a pretty nice horse, hasn't he? Like it, it, it just seems like he's always been that kind of horse that can just be in a funk for a while and then turn it around. But once he does turn it around, he holds his form. He did it during the pandemic at one point really early. He's done it a few times in his career and he's sort of back feeling good about himself at the moment. Yeah, that, well, that's true too. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And that these sort of races are, are good for that. It'll give the horses uh, an opportunity to, uh, if they they able to drop a little bit in class, that opportunity to gain a bit of confidence. And um, and look, the same could be said for a lot of the horses that are in this race. Um, it's not about a not a matter of horses that have uh, are progressive. It's more uh, for horses with ability. And they can just get a bit of confidence back as well. Not that there's a lack of depth here. It's a good, strong race. Swap a couple of barrier draws around and other horses become more advantageous because there's not a lot between a lot of them. Well, you mentioned that you could just about have the feel. Well, Aussie Playboy and Magic Mike, geez, they both seem good odds at $13 as well. I mean, Aussie Playboy has always excelled over short course trips. And you think to yourself, well, he needs the right run, but he doesn't. There's a few of those Team Douglas horses that when they get back to a mile in their right races, they don't need the right run. They can change their patterns. Aussie Playboy can race a lot tougher sometimes in the right race, and this does look a suitable race, and Magic Mike's a bit the same. Oh, no doubt about that. And they're hard-fit horses. That's the thing. It might be 1,720 metres, and a lot of the times, even from an awkward draw, you go back, you've got no hope, have you? You've got no hope. Um, so play the percentages, you go forward, you try to find a spot. Sometimes that does not work out. You might have to work a little bit harder. But when you're a hard, resilient, fit horse, you're a racehorse. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to work a little bit. If you want to have a soft run, well, go to the pony club. I mean, this is, you, you know what I mean? The, the, the difference between a good draw and a barrier draw is mindset. And sometimes it just does not work out. If you're a first up, if you weren't that fit, um, sure, you, you would drive to look for a little bit of luck. But when you're hard fit, like most of these horses are, you can try to make the most of what looks an awkward barrier draw. I, I love what you said. I, I remember, um, I don't do it much these days, hopefully we'll do so again in the near future, but going out and doing those pre-race interviews with the drivers sometimes before race, and there's a prevailing narrative sometimes that, has infiltrated the minds of the drivers. And you've done the form and you think to yourself, I, I really think you can go forward. And mm. everyone's decided that, no, the three's going to lead and I'll have to go back because I won't get across it. And a lot of the time it's it's mythical. It's just it's just a prevailing narrative that has um, has dominated the mindset, whereas reality can be sometimes a little bit different. And if you are aggressive, this is what I love about a young driver like Jack Law, he doesn't, he doesn't play by those rules. Yeah, and, and look, sometimes too, um, the negativity in uh, a drive that uh, they have a crack, they try to put their horse in the right spot and, and then for no fault of their own, they get caught wide or someone else doesn't want to let them in and then they have to snag back and it might look a little bit ugly and they don't want to put themselves in that position. Um, if you, nothing ventured, nothing gained sometimes. And don't get me wrong, if, if a horse is a sit sprinter and you're trying to go forward on it, it's not something you would do. But when you've got hard fit horses over 1,700, um, I often think that in those 1,700 metre races, the second best place to be is outside the leader. If your horse is hard and fit, um, why not be in that spot? Because there's every chance you're going to get a slower quarter. And if you're good enough, you're going to be able to win from that position. 
you're working to get there 26 seconds, 27 seconds, the first two quarters, it's a bit different. But a lot of the times, the slowest quarter in those mile races is the first 400. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Let's go for a break. Come back. More Friday form panel. We'll get the best bets from Dan Malecki and myself. And we'll have a little squeeze at the Breeders' Crown qualifiers both tonight and Sunday. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Love it. Well, we, we, we're both Pearl Jam fans, so it, it only makes sense that we like uh, the the, uh, the stylings of Kurt Cobain and the team, Dan. Yeah, and then the flow on to Foo Fighters as well, so there's your trifecta. <laughs> In any order, no, actually... Pearl Jam, uh, yep. first over the line by Stand 12 metres and then, uh, and then uh, a developed print for second and third. Um, best bets, please, for tomorrow night, first of all, Dan, before we have a quick squeeze at uh, the action tonight. My best is uh, race uh, six, uh, Polly put kettle on, as you so <laughs> rightly had uh, predicted. Race six, number six, so it's easy to remember. Polly put kettle on. Uh, I'm pretty keen, though, on race three, number seven, ultimate stride. But my best uh, each way is Hulinian, race five, horse number nine. Oh, he's taking it. Was that Penny Royal? Is that the name of the song, Penny Royal, too? Is that what we were play- playing with him? Because he, he seemed to give a big, I was very happy with where I played. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so Hulinian uh, for me. But I, I'm i looking for a little bit of value somewhere. I think Daylight at Dawn can run a race each way. In the last, and I'd be having a little, I'd be having a little lash at Ruby Wingate um, in the Graham Goffin Memorial. And really, like I said, if you're if you're one of those multi plays, you like a couple of greyhounds during the weekend, a couple of thoroughbreds, um, some sort of sporting contest during the T uh, Twenty World Cup. Really, it does look Hector and uh, Hector and Mighty Flying Art look a pretty cheap little kill double, don't they, Dan? They do. You look. You might want to throw Nature Strip in as the first leg, or an Animo, or those sorts of horses, yep. and let it uh, let it last for the whole day. Even something else you might like on the night, even if it's for a place, and take those first two and just try to boost that price up. Um, that's uh, that's makes sense to me. I might even try it myself. Um, I, I I don't love multis generally, but when you've got when you're doing it that way, I like it. I don't like fifteen leg multis. Put twenty bucks on and try and win two hundred and thirty-four million, like a lot of young people do these days. But if you can sort of, uh, if you feel like you've got a couple of sure things and you can uh, throw in a couple for a place and the like, then um, it does create, it can create a very fun weekend. Um, tonight, who are you looking forward to, to watching the most? Captain Ravishing, obviously, going around is going to be exciting in um, in the three-year-old Colts and Gelding's third heat of the Woodland Stud Australia Breeders Crown, but. What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, well, definitely that race with Major Perry and Rip Drawn Barriers 1 and 2. I mean, interest-free looks the one to beat in the first race. He's a son of a gun, gets that opportunity to turn around on Kafaji from a much better gate. Uh, Beach Memories, Petiont, they look the main two in the first heat of the Phillies. Um, And Cypher stands out in the second heat of the Phillies. Third heat of the Phillies is interesting, so her story gets the barrier. We just lost Dan uh, briefly there for a moment, uh, and he was and he was he was running a twenty-seven second corner. He, that was uh, he was really uh, talking about some interesting stuff there. But we've just lost him. Hopefully, we can get him back in a moment. Um, one of his favourites, Amore Vita, now with Emma Stewart. Sorry, Dan, you just Sorry, uh, just cut out for a moment. But uh, go ahead with your your your, um, your thought pattern there. Yeah, I don't know how far I got, but interest-free should win the first. He's a son of a gun, should win the second with a barrier draw. I love that Major Perry Rip drawn their gates against Captain Ravishing. Makes it a bit of a contest, but you can also get that little bit of a prize, Captain Ravishing. You might be able to want to add him into the all-up that you were talking to before. Um, 
I think it's either Petty Honor Beach Memories that wins race five. Uh, in Cypher should be winning race six. Race seven, a bit more open. Soho Historia's advantaged by that barrier draw. Don't want to dismiss Miss Shantee, but she'll probably be better for that run, as a lot of them will be uh, trying to get towards the semi-final. And race number eight, this is for the Phillies, even mm. with Casta Semenya in the race. How's that? <laughs> well, um, But it yeah. does look... Uh, it, the, intriguing because Amore Vita should sit behind Steno. Steno should lead and Vita sits behind it. We're going to find out where Amore Vita is tonight. If she Steno's a good horse, and I'm not saying Amore Vita should just run by her, but we'll see what sort of intent Amore Vita's got to want to find the line, and she's got that willingness to want to win again. It's an intriguing race, but it's a ripper as well. You must be excited um, about seeing Amore Vita, and this is not... Some people will say, you know, this is, uh, this is, you know, this is having a go at Nathan, not Nathan Purden, but just changing stables. And when a filly is, when any horse is in a mood where they might just need a change of scenery, it's going to be exciting to see what a more can do. We'll talk about that and wind this puppy up in just a moment. Final break on the Friday form panel with Dan Malecki and Jay Bond. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Oh, yeah. Don't you love that? Dan and I are ready to roll now. Oh, wow. It'll always get me excited. Uh, yes. Listening to uh, the great Edward Louis Syverson the third, or Eddie Vedder, as we know. Um, Sunday as well, uh, Dan, just quickly. Amazing uh, that the Lost Storm school captain and captain's knock, all sons of Captain Treacherous, have found the same qualifier. Second heat of the two year old Colts and Gelding for the Breeders' Grand. Who's your tip there? Oh, look, I'm torn. I'm not really sure at that race. I'm, I'm one, but they're going to learn a little bit more. Uh, uh, out of that one. No, not sure yet. I'll have to, to worry about that one. I was just looking at the New Zealand Cup and what a field they've got uh, there on Tuesday. Akuda, the three-year-olds in there. Um, gee, there's some great racing action coming up. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's going to go right through to the end of the year. It's been another, another wonderful religious experience. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Jase. Au revoir. The SEN app is now compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime.